Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to another Geek Town podcast. Um, we've got a slight change this week because uh, um, Chris is still being punished for admitting that he liked Jar Jar Binks. Um, so uh, he's still standing in a corner and thinking about his life. Uh, so I roped in somebody else to, to give us a, a, a hand this week. Um, his name's Adam. Would you like to introduce yourself, Adam? Uh, hi, everybody. How can I describe me? Uh, Dave still has me after 20 years as a geek in training. Uh, what I lack in uh, sheer knowledge about sci-fi and all the wonderful world that goes behind it, I do make up for enthusiasm, particularly when I'm with Dave. <laughs> so what can I say in my defense? I'm a fully-fledged fan of Firefly, and I think that was probably the best TV series ever written. And as far as I'm concerned, Joss Whedon is God and a modern-day Shakespeare. Good. Just generally, what sort of shows are you uh, into watching? Oh, if I'm going to watch a show, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch the whole thing back to back. I can't stand the idea of doing one episode per week. That's far too drawn out for me. So <laughs> it's, it's kind of like a drug. I have to overdose on it in one hit. <laughs> so what do I like watching? I, I'm plowing through the Supernatural series. I think series Great nine show. at the moment. I've done one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I am, as I've said a Joss Whedon fan so I've seen Buffy several times every episode I've seen Angel every episode several times and of course I, I do like things with vampires in as well <laughs> to get their kiss off a lot <laughs> yeah well that that is true um, uh, unless they're the sort of PG-13 vampires like Vampire Diaries but, but yeah certainly things like True Blood <laughs> Yeah, True Blood. Well, I, True Blood. It's I. I. Well, what can I say? <laughs> There's far too many pictures going through my mind already. Behave. Okay. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Um, with that introduction out of the way, I, I think we probably should head into the news. So new stories this week. The first story is that uh, they have cast Nightcrawler in uh, X-Men Apocalypse, the upcoming uh, X-Men movie. Um, this is a Australian actor. He's a kid called Cody Smith McPhee. And he's uh, been best known as the uh, the boy in the road. He was Owen in Let Me In. He played Norman Babcock in uh, Paranormal. No, Paranorman, sorry. Uh, and uh, he was Alexander in uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. 
Um, see, looking at him, I think if you if you can kind of imagine him covered in uh, blue makeup, and he's he actually fits the comic book character quite well. I would have said he's um, his eyes are strangely wide apart. <laughs> yeah, I, I know Cody Smith from um, the Cormac McCarthy book, uh, The Road, which was an adaptation onto film, and, and and that was a dark, dark film. Yeah. And, he seemed to play uh, quite a, an emotionally tormented character all the way through that. So perhaps that kind of uh, emotional depth would be really good for him as uh, as a Nightcrawler. Well, that's yeah, Nightcrawler's um, that that would actually fit Nightcrawler quite well because um, he he tends to be um, he's kind of a jokey character, but he has that sort of kind of darker background as well. So I, I think um, if I remember correctly from when they introduced him, when Alan Cummings played him in the original movies because he's playing the young you know they have an old cast um and they have a young cast for yes. x-men uh, yes. so he's basically the young cast version of nightcrawler whereas alan cummings is the old cast version of nightcrawler right so he's the kind of prequel character yeah, yeah. so he's the, he's the sort of prequel character yeah um so he but he he's quite a good match i would have said um and certainly looks like the comic book so um and he's been in a lot of stuff, so uh, be interesting to see how he uh, how that kind of comes out and how he. Um, it's been it was two thousand and three um, X Men two when Alan comes played it actually, so it's been quite a while. Mm. I think he only did uh, that um, one film. Uh, this guy's got a, a really good pedigree of acting behind him, so hopefully he's going to bring a bit of depth to that character rather than uh, a lot of pretty people. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do an awful lot for the character. Hopefully he's going to bring a bit of emotional torment. Yeah. From my perspective, I always saw Nightcrawler as someone who was even a little bit more tormented than most of the mutants out there. Nightcrawler was even slightly dis- dis- more disaffected than most of those people. Yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to think how he's played in the comic books. In the in the comic books, he tends to be slightly more jokey than he was in the, in the film. So I'm not sure. It, it'd be interesting to see what kind of version they go for. Yeah, it'd be um, interesting to see. Are they going to go for the kind of the, the darker, sinister, more sort of emotionally uh, damaged to the jokey, playful kind of character? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. But um, it's uh, it's nice to see Nightcrawler back because I ni- I like Nightcrawler as a as a character. I think it would be um, it would be good to see him back on screen again. Yeah, a bit more playful. That'd be good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next bit of news was they released a uh, shot of Jason Momoa as Aquaman for the um, uh, for the upcoming um, Superman versus is it Batman versus Superman or Superman versus Batman? I can't remember which way around it is. And um, Justice League movies that are, are coming soon from Zack Snyder. Um, the uh, shot that they released had a big sort of. Um, wording over it that said Unite the Seven on it um, without any explanation of exactly what that meant you kind of assume that it's probably talking about the Justice League because it's Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Flash, Green Lantern and Cyborg but it may also be a reference to Uniting the Seven Seas um, or something like that so I'm not entirely sure but uh, yeah it's, it, it's interesting to see Jason Momoa take another part where he once again, doesn't have to wear a shirt. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that guy needs to be careful that he's not typecast, but let's face it, he is an uber male. Uh, and, you know, if, if I looked like him, I probably wouldn't wear a shirt either. No, well, that is true. 
and he does have this wonderful thing where he can just look in the camera and he just broods. He yeah. broods. You know, he, he just oozes really. broodiness. Yeah. So uh, hopefully he'll be getting uh, a pretty good character where yeah. he can uh, give his physical presence uh, onto the screen. Yeah, um, of course, if you uh, if if you don't know Jason Momoa, he was um, Drogo in, in Game of Thrones. He was uh, in Stargate Atlantis. He's been Conan. He's been in various other films as well. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's made a pretty reasonable name for himself. This is probably the most high-profile thing he's been in since... Game of Thrones, I would have said. Yeah, he's certainly taken a step up from uh, you know a reputable and good quality TV series into sort of the real world of uh, top line Hollywood here. Yeah. This is a really good career step for him. Yeah, yeah, it'll be good. So um, I'm, I'm. I, what did you think of the costume? Uh, most of it's makeup. <laughs> yeah, well, that that is it. I do quite like the because it's the the costume itself is is kind of um, the the tattoo thing that they've they've got kind of going on. Um, across it is it's interesting because obviously in the comic books Aquaman is um, predominantly orange and green I mean it's really quite gaudy so it's nice to see they've sort of toned it down but they've kept an element of of that outfit on the tattooing on on the body they're basically taking the outfit and tattooed it on the guy and then stuck some armor over the top so uh, they're taking the, the full physical presence of this guy and making the use of his body. That's uh, why make a costume when you look like that. Yeah, well, that is true. So you know, um, and yeah. stick some armor on him. And I think uh, I've never seen the Aquaman comic myself, but uh, I really couldn't see this guy wrapped up in orange and green. You know, <laughs> I should say, kind of gaudy. But uh, I think with the, the the dark, sinister look and those big brooding eyebrows, he's gonna, um, I think, get a lot of people uh, getting getting attention. It's probably yeah. the best way to put it. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I, I suspect he will be a hit the ladies and a certain amount of gentlemen as well. <laughs> I would have thought. <laughs> um, so he's he's first going to pop up in uh, Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice, which comes out in March next year, uh, and then he's got a solo Aquaman movie in 2018 as well. So you know. Lots of good things coming up from him. Wow, it's, I think it's really great that we're getting a lot of these um, films that are sort of having spin-offs. Yeah. So rather than having to wait years and years and years for the, the next part of the, uh, of the series to come along, we, we can have these spin-offs and we can have our little, our little fix of sci-fi, a little fix of fantasy every few months when well, that particular franchise uh, boots its next film out, which I think is great. Yeah, and it's, it's nice that DC are finally starting to, to get their act together as well because it's... I've mentioned this before on the podcast. It's infuriated me that DC have, have you know, you're in a situation where they have full control over every single character they own. You know, they have the rights to everything, whereas Marvel don't. Like, Spider Man's at Sony, X Men are at Fox, Marvel have got like the Avengers and some of the other characters. But Marvel have managed to make this huge movie franchise and make it work and like, have characters spin off into other films where if DC have managed to just about kind of get through a number of iterations of Batman, Superman separately, but they've never gelled everything back together again. Yeah. You know, it'd be great if they can actually do that because uh, I think that's what the fans want. I think they want uh, the fans want the films very much like the comic books where they kind of tessellate together and have uh, parallel storylines. I think yeah. it'd be really cool to actually get DC to do that. Yeah, and I mean, w what's interesting with the way DC have approached it as well is the fact that they've separated the TV and the cinematic universes, whereas Marvel haven't. 
Marvel have have merged all their TV shows in with the films, so there are crossovers. Whereas DC have got like, look, because there's a version of of the Flash on TV, there is going to be a different version of the Flash in this mo- in in the movie, played by a different actor. Oh wow! Okay. So so that's I, I don't know whether that's a good idea or a bad idea. I think on the whole, actually, the DC shows generally tend to be better than the Marvel TV shows. I mean, Agents of Shield, I I, I do love and enjoy. But it was very shaky in its first season. It's picked up a lot in its second. But um, I think Arrow uh, and, Sm- and shows like Smallville historically and uh, Flash, I think generally have been better shows. So um, maybe that's just working for them. And they, they want to just do something slightly different with film kind of role. Uh, that well, seems to be the way you're going. Maybe if they're, if they're, if they're greenlighting films for 2018... Uh, with guys that uh, are not that well known, not such mainstream actors, uh, maybe they've got some bigger plans in the foot. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, so we'll, we'll see where they end up. But uh, uh, yeah, they, they've only actually revealed the costumes for Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman so far. Um, so we've still got a couple of others to go yet before uh, yeah. before we get to. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing this particular costume that this guy is wearing, Jason Momoa. Uh, I think that's going to be. Uh, interesting to see in context in the film because yeah. right now he's standing against a black background with a, a, some kind of trident in his hand and it doesn't really give you a taste or a feel for what the whole kind of film visual is going to look like so when it's on its own it kind of looks uh, a, a little bit like yeah. something a, a tribal warfare film so yeah see you know is it going to be Conan the Barbarian again underwater <laughs> let's, let's see what it's going to be like actually in context in the film yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because he was the one that they were probably going to have the most problem with, Aquaman. Um, because he has this reputation of being um, a bit of a crap superhero that talks to fish, you know? <laughs> so... <laughs> so um, Maybe this time we're going to get a broody superhero. <laughs> Maybe. <I know. laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it, it's, um, I, I think that sort of smashes that illusion quite well. It doesn't help when the comic book is, you know, the guy's dressed in orange and green as well. It's when he's not a great look. So, uh, so I think they've gone a long way to, to smashing that myth anyway, which is good. Yeah. I think they're going to need two of the sounds of it. Yeah. So yeah, so that's, uh, Jason Momoa's Aquaman. Um, next bit of news, Amazon have ordered five new original series, uh, including, um, these are things that they piloted, um, previously, and they've actually ordered them to full series now. The first one is a thing called uh, The Man in the High Castle, which is based on a Philip K. Dick um, alternative history novel where Nazi Germany and Japan uh, won World War II. Um, so, and this is sort of 20 years later. So it's, it's a kind of interesting alternative history idea. Um, well, okay, well, <clears throat> I'm, I'm a great, great fan of Philip K. Dick. I mean, Philip K. Dick wrote my, my most favourite film of all, uh, Blade Runner, yeah. which obviously probably doesn't represent too much of the book because I read the book and I saw the film and there's not much crossover. But what Philip K. Dick has done for Hollywood is he's given some really fantastic ideas for films um, that might not stick literally to the book, but they've given some really good uh, foundations to create some great films. Yeah. So how this is going to pan out, I don't know. Um, let's just see what happens. Yeah, I, I do like the idea of a, of a sort of the, the alternative history where Nazis won the war. I think it's quite a, a, a good, rich playground for a TV show. 
Yeah, that's uh, um, it's, it's, a, it's a delicate line to tread. <laughs> yes, yes. See how many people they offend before it gets taken off. Um, yeah, so it's so just a TV program, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, that's called the Man in the High Castle. Um, there is uh, they've commissioned a version of Mad Dogs, uh, which was a show that ran on Sky One. The original Sky One series starred uh, John Sim, Philip Glenister, Mark Warren, and Max Be- Beasley, um, and uh, Ben Chaplin, who played a character called Aldo uh, in that. Who um, spoilers if you've not seen it um, doesn't survive very long. He's the 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 entire premise is is it's a it's a bunch of guys that. Um, haven't really seen each other um, very much recently. They go on this reunion and they're sort of forty to somethings, and they go to this villa. It's a Belizean villa, villa in the remake. It's a Spanish villa, I think, in the um, in the British version. Uh, and Alvo is in the British version is the person that owns the villa, and it turns out he's quite shady, and he ends up getting murdered, and then it embroils the four guys that have gone out there in this kind of crap what do we do there's this dead body um there's this pile of money you know so it's that sort of thing um interestingly ben chaplin um is in the american version as well but playing one of the four guys rather than the instigator so right. he's, he's playing he's playing the he's, he's in the show but playing one of the main characters rather than the sort of uh, the the instigator character who i think in this is played by billy zane so and it's uh, my uh, the the other guys are Steve Zahn, um, Romani Carlo, who I don't know, uh, Michael Imperioli, who um, was in Sopranos, um, he's probably best known for be, being Christopher in Sopranos, uh, and Ben Chaplin. Okay, well, I, I I haven't heard the name Ben Chaplin in a long, long time, and I remember thinking five years ago, this guy's a talented actor, and he's he's going to be going somewhere in Hollywood, and to be honest, he, he drifted off my radar. Yeah, uh, I did actually sort of peg him for being a, a comedy rom com actor, and I thought he'd eke his way up the up the ladder in Hollywood, but for some reason he dropped off my radar. So I'm kind of looking forward to seeing him getting his uh, his acting chops back into something meaty. Yeah, yeah, he sort of he tends to pop up in bit parts here and there, and and you know he's been around, but uh, and he, he this isn't the only thing as well. He's got something else coming out which I, I read earlier today. I can't remember what it was, but but there are um, it looks like he's he's could be his year this year, and he's he's kind of appearing again in in variety of different things. So it'll be interesting to see how the remake differs from the original British version as well. So. Um, Absolutely, and this is just an advert for everybody out there that um, just because you're 40 doesn't mean your career is over yet. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so there's, they've got that coming. They've got a show called uh, New Yorker Presents, which is the first docu-series from Amazon, which brings the New Yorker magazine to life, basically. Um, there is uh, one called Just Add Magic, which is for uh, seven to eleven-year-olds, and the Stinky and Dirty Show, which is for preschoolers. So, uh, so there's those two coming as well. Um, this is the- they sound right up my street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so this is um, Amazon really, you know, pushing the boat out with original series again, uh, and and starting to make their own stuff. They're really pushing to be a, a full-blown competitor against um, all the original stuff coming through on Netflix, I think. 
Yeah, it's, it just amazes me. It really does amaze me. If you'd have said to me, uh, I don't know, five or ten years ago, Amazon, which everybody knows where they started, would be creating their own TV series and yeah. releasing it. It just blows my mind to see how the world of media and film and TV has utterly changed in the last few years. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's it's quite incredible, the, just the amount of places you can get stuff these days. I mean, you know, I, I can, because you can boot up Amazon, go on and, you know, quite often if you've missed an episode of a TV show, like I, I was catching up on um, the originals and Vampire Diaries uh, yeah. and I watched them on Netflix because they were all on Netflix and um, I got to the end of, of the the episodes they had on there and I'd missed the first half of the seasons that were airing currently on TV over here because I didn't, obviously didn't want to watch them until I finished watching them on Netflix. So um, I was looking around Amazon and Amazon have got the first half of the season already. They're putting them out episode by episode. Oh, awesome. um, so you can go, I mean, you've got, to, you've got to pay and download them episode by episode, but you know, um, it's like you know, two pound fifty a shot. I mean, you, you go and download an episode and like watch that, and and you can catch yourself right back up again. So it's great if if you happen to have missed a show and uh, want to be able to catch up. You know, you you forgot to set your recorder for something, or you know. Um, so really, even less than a pint of beer, you can catch up on your favourite TV show, which yeah, I think is great. Yeah, it's really good. But they they seem to do that with quite a lot of shows that are currently airing. They sort of have you know if, if there's if there's no way of getting them on a catch on a normal catch up system um you can well worth going on to amazon instant video and searching because there seems to be quite a lot of them um kicking around on there that are sort of shows that are currently airing but are, are in their mid-season break at the moment so you know if yeah, you need to so go as, catch as up. I said, i'm just absolutely stunned that 10 years ago and five years ago that the, the concept of amazon would be even creating tv shows yeah. and creating tv shows and also re-releasing tv shows that other people are not actually making available to us yeah i think just a credit to amazon that they've done that and uh, i think it just makes the marketplace so much better for everybody else because it gives us more choice and these guys are going to green light tv shows that other people are just not going to green light yeah they're, yeah they're just going to say give give the go ahead they're going to take a little bit more risk uh, rather yeah. than uh, staying staying with the mainstream which a lot of tv companies have done well it's it, it's the advantage they have with with this and it's the same advantage that hbo have and the same advantage netflix have in that um they're not beholden to advertisers um, no, exactly yeah. and, it, and it and it completely alters it's it's one of the reasons why I always, when people criticise the BBC, I would defend it to the death because it's it, the the reason that we keep the BBC is because it sets the bar for everything else. If Absolutely, you, it, I don't mind paying my license fee because I believe the BBC makes some of the best quality programmes that other TV um, companies in the world will not make because they're just not going to get the initial viewing figures. Yeah, but it's the BBC that makes things like yeah, the the Blue Planet. Yeah, and it's. That, that, that stuff takes years to make and, and well, many hundreds of thousands of pounds and it's made by craftsmen. So I think the BBC deserves all the credit they can get and we should really um, support yeah. them. Yeah, 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 no, absolutely. Um, and it's, you know, it's the dramas as well. It's things like Peaky Blinders, um, which are, you know, just great shows. And, you know, I think it just shows the difference in quality you can get if you're not having to mass produce stuff when you can when you can just say, well, you know, we, we're aiming for these high quality dramas, which is exactly what HBO does. 
you know. Yeah. Um, and it's why a lot of the programs that people love tend to be on the cable channels like HBO, which aren't beholden to advertisers. Yeah. So, so I'm just going to throw this out there. Amazon, Amazon, if you're listening, please, could you just work out somehow bringing back Firefly? Please. <laughs> that, that, would be, that would be great. And, and if you can also look at the name of Amazon Prime um, Instant Video, because it's terrible. And I've said this before. It's just awful, awful, awful name. Um so yeah it's uh, four words you don't need a product with four words in its name it's ridiculous anyway rather (laughs) rather than getting to that again um next bit of news neil blomkamp who you will know from district nine and the director of chappie uh has confirmed on his twitter this week that he will be directing a new alien movie um the it's not currently got a title there were rumors he was working on something which was uh, going to have, I think, Ripley and Hicks in it at one point, but um, <clears throat> we don't know about this one. It's supposed to be set after the events of Prometheus 2, which um, Ridley Scott is directing, um, but this will be a genuine, full-blown alien film. Um, oh, wow. Thoughts? More, more timeline hopping around. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, um, I've seen two of uh, Neil Blomkamp's films. I've obviously seen District 9, which I just thought was absolutely fantastic. I mean, yeah, uh, such a, a minimal budget created such a good film. Yeah, and then of course he did Elysium, which I found fantastic as well. The, the special effects budget on that was superb. But again, we're asking big social questions. But I haven't seen Chappie yet. No, Chappie's about uh, existence and uh, the quality of life. Um, so I think with his kind of pedigree of making really good films with you know really quite frugal budgets, it's going to be amazing to see what he can do with an established brand like Alien. Yeah. Uh, I think that's going to be fantastic. And I don't know how you're going to skip around on the, on the timeline for Alien if you're going um, to have a, a Higgs and a Hicks and Ripley film. I'm yeah, not sure how that's going to work, yeah, well, but I'm so keen to see. W- w- yeah, I, I read something recently where they were describing the Alien films as being less like you know, sequels and of movies and rather more like a loose collection of films that happen to have the same alien in them. Yeah. Which is, is sort of the case. And so it's whether does it matter as a fan of, of those, would it matter to you that it's not related necessarily? Um, no, because I think we're getting used to the idea that films don't have to run in a linear fashion anymore. Yeah. I think I think that all started with Tarantino when he started taking films and chopping the sequence of a one <laughs> film apart, and therefore you didn't have a linear narrative, which initially confused everybody, but everybody thought it was fantastic after a while. And now we're we're getting reboots of timelines and reboots of multiverses and spin-offs. I think everybody's catching up with that, and I think that the studios are starting to realise that. We're quite intelligent out here. Yeah. We can actually catch up and patch in the storylines ourselves and we can weave together things and, and enjoy a, a more holistic view of that particular franchise rather than have to have it done in a linear fashion for us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm really looking forward to it. And please, God, let uh, Ridley Scott do a better job of Prometheus 2 than he did with Prometheus 1. <laughs> yes. But, uh, you know, Neil, Neil Bloomkamp releasing uh, something in the Alien franchise. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, cool. Good. Um... So one final bit of news, we've got uh, Fox has ordered a new uh, DC Comics pilot for um, a character called Lucifer, who is, um, I think, originally... When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. 
If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Appeared in the Sandman comics. Um, it's uh, penned by uh, Californication creator uh, Tom Kapanos, um, and he will uh, exec produce it alongside Jerry Bruckheimer Television and the Sleepy Hollow executive producer Lem Wiseman, who's also going to serve as the pilot's director. Um, I quite like it. I don't really know the comic book, and I, I know you don't either. Um, but uh, the basic principle is Lucifer has um, handed over the keys to hell to somebody else um, and uh, abdicates the throne and sets up camp in Los Angeles. Um, in the comic books, I believe he runs a piano bar uh, and deals with sort of people that come in. What slightly bothers me about this is uh, they've decided to have him work with LAPD and punish crim- criminals as part of it. So they've essentially taken what could be an interesting and different story and turned it into a bog-standard police procedural. Um, yeah, but I, it is Lucifer. Let's take that on board. Well, um, yeah, it is. I mean, that Lucifer could have given away the keys to hell and actually live in L.A. I mean, let's face it, <laughs> that's quite a plausible storyline. <laughs> that might be happening right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just think it's, it's, it seems a bit lazy to me, rather than have him, rather than sticking to what they did in the comic books, which is, is have him do something different, you know, and like run a bar and have him deal with stuff from there, they've put him right into the middle of, of sort of um, um, just working with the police so they can run it like a police procedural. Yeah, I, mean, that's, I, I want to see what's different about that. Yeah. That, and I feel that, like the idea that Lucifer, as everybody knows, is a fallen angel and therefore he's fallen into the city of angels. And that's, and that's kind of cute. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a clever play. Yeah. I want to see what's going on with this because, uh, yeah, it's got to be more than a police procedural thing and him just being some kind of supernatural entity. We, we've got to have more than this. What's going to make it different? What's going to be, I'm hoping it's going to be dark and yeah, playful. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the things that I always rather loved about um, Supernatural is the way that they play with the angels and the demons. Uh, and the demons are kind of roguish but quite likeable, and the angels are just generally dicks, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> A bit automaton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I mean, you know, you've, you've got kind of good and bad on both sides, really, but they, they are... Um, but, yeah, generally the, the angels aren't particularly nice and they're sort of treated as soldiers. I, I love their sort of take on heaven and hell and, you know, so um, I, I like the idea of being able to play with that. Um, it, it's uh, It will be interesting to see how that works. And, um, I mean, Lem Wiseman is the EP of um, Sleepy Hollow and I think... It's struggling a bit in the ra- in the ratings in the US at the moment, but I th- I do really like Sleepy Hollow as a show. I think it's really well written, and I think it's got that kind of fun factor to it, um, as well as being sort of horror fun. So I I can see where this might fit. Yeah, I 
well, I just wait with bated breath because mm. uh, I do like the supernatural kind of uh, genre films. So and, and the TV series, I'll buy into that. As I said, if it's got vampires in it, if it's got demons in it and devils in it, I'll, I'll be watching that. <laughs> Let's just see if it carries off with a, with a bit of panache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So definitely one to watch out for. We'll bring you more news about that when we know more. And that's the end of the news. Next, we're on to um, so a couple of questions and uh, answers that uh, uh, people sent in. So question answers, Colin, have you got any cool interviews? Yes, Colin, he's talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> you don't count. <laughs> <laughs> Colin, everybody's somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes, we have got a couple of interviews. In fact, one of the potential interviews is actually, I've just seen pop up on my sky. Um, there's, there, there is a couple of people coming up. Um, uh, potentially, I'm waiting to hear clarifications on whether we are actually doing them or not. Um, so I can't actually tell you who they are. But yes, we, ha- we are talking to a couple of people, um, hopefully over the next few weeks. Um, and just waiting to get the timing sorted and things. Yeah, it's going to be really difficult, hasn't it, getting people uh, onto a podcast because <laughs> everybody in the media industry is so busy and they're scheduled down to the nearest minute. So if you and, squeeze and them into a podcast, it just takes so much effort. Well, it, it is, there is a certain amount of that. And it also is the fact that most of the time they're based in L.A., so um, there is yeah, that, kind of this short, unless I'm going to do it in the middle of the night, there's this kind of little window of about four hours in the evening where I can do it. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're up at silly o'clock in the morning. You're, you're to bed at silly o'clock at night. I think you should get up at three in the morning, Dave. Show some commitment. <laughs> Shut at you. Um, okay. So, yeah, that's uh, that was uh, interviews. Um, he also, Colin also asked uh, when is Gotham back um, it will be back on Channel 5 in March probably towards the end of March but we haven't got an exact date yet um, so don't know uh, but and ben- thanks for asking that Colin because I wanted to know that too <laughs> when is Gotham back because that's still saved and I'm still watching it it's superb yeah so uh, yeah I, I think it will probably be towards the end of March um, then uh, Emma McKay He's asking about uh, air dates for Nashville. Um, sorry, still don't have any information yet. Sorry, Emma. I know you've asked this a couple of times, and you ask on the site as well. But we, we, you know, when we know something, when Channel Four release something, we'll let you know. But we just haven't got anything yet. Emma, we'll email you. We'll send you flowers with <laughs> with a Nashville date on it. <laughs> Adam will send you flowers. That was Adam's commitment. <laughs> I'm committed, Emma. <laughs> Should be, yes. Um, <laughs> that's the uh, question and answer for this week. We'll move on to the renewals and cancellations. So a few bits of renewal and cancellation information uh, that came out over the last week. Um, Constantine was the first one I wanted to mention because there was some stuff on Twitter. The exec producer, Daniel Cerrone, uh, um, has said it's not cancelled and they will pitch the second season as part of the renewal process in May, which is kind of what we already knew, I think, um, because NBC, who um, have Constantine in the US... um, Let me just go through the process for you, Adam, because I know you you won't know this. What happened with Constantine was um, it ran for, I think, 12 episodes, um... And what the usual process is, is if a show will run for, say, uh, 12 or 14 episodes, 
uh, and then they get an order halfway through that usually for what they call the back nine episodes um, and that brings it up to a full season pretty much any new show that doesn't get that back nine order gets cancelled in its first season yeah that, that, Which, I, I believe that's what they do with Firefly um, yes yeah that's that is what they did with Firefly that's, and, and that's universally that is what tends to happen um, I'm not bitter about that. I'm fine. <laughs> no, I know. Um, so that tends to be what happens, which is why a lot of sites have been saying that Constantine is definitely cancelled. Um, but NBC are refusing to say it is cancelled. Um, the producer is saying it's not cancelled and they've got to pitch it. The thing is, he's going to have to pitch something still pretty spectacular and probably a lot cheaper than what they've been making. Um there was was some talk about it moving on to um, their sister channel, um, Sci-Fi, which possibly would be a better home for it, but they're saying that's not necessarily true, so don't know at the moment. But there is still a tiny, tiny glimmer of hope that it may return um, if they if NBC can't find anything else to fill the slot with and uh, they, Daniel manages to pitch something pretty convincing, I think. Uh, yeah, so it's not actually officially cancelled yet it's not actually had renewal so it's in uh, technically limbo yes very much in limbo at the moment uh, which is, is kind of where we thought it was before but uh, I just wanted to address that because I know there have been rumours and bits and pieces flying around um, the problem is with the numbers that it have, has we I mean, we, we still have it on life support um, in our renewals and cancellations list Um and that's really based on the ratings and this process that they've gone through, that they go through, you know, the fact that he didn't get the back nine. Um, it may still come back. I mean, we've seen programs with quite bad ratings return and it's not particularly a bad show. I, I would love it to come back. I have nothing against it. Um, I, it's one of those shows that I think could get much better and, you know, grow and grow. Um, but, and it needs a bit of a chance. Which and I think NBC seemed to quite like it, which is why they've not said they've cancelled it yet. Um, so we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, May it's probably going to be May before we know anything for sure about that. Um, next bit of news was uh, last week tonight um, with John Oliver has been renewed for two more seasons. Um, are you aware of of what's been going on, Ad, with uh, uh, the um, uh, Daily Show? No, I have no clue at all. Okay. None at all. So, um, John Oliver was a correspondent um, on the satirical uh, news show, The Daily Show with John Stewart. John Stewart last week announced he was uh, going to retire from the show. Um, John Oliver last summer, uh, while uh, John Stewart was off shooting a movie, John Oliver sat in and um, covered the show for about three months and did a fantastic job of it. And so much so that HBO offered him his own show on Last Week Tonight. Um, and then John Stewart announced last week that he's leaving. Miraculously, John Oliver suddenly has two more seasons on HBO. Oh, really interesting. <laughs> I, I, I wonder if there was a certain panicky phone call at HBO going, um, yes, whatever you want, John Oliver. Yeah. Just put your signature here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wh whatever you want. Two more seasons, no problem at all. We just don't want you to go anywhere. Because <laughs> the the um, the um, producers at the Daily Show have basically said, if John Oliver wants the job, it's his. 
So um, I, I think HBO were. Pre- I think John Oliver probably went in with a big grin on his face, going, "Right, what are you going to offer me then to stay here?" Absolutely. So, yeah. Would you like your grapes peeled? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. Uh, so yeah, well, that's that's good news because last week tonight is a fantastic show. It's like the Daily Show, but with slightly more preparation time. So it's um, it's a weekly show rather than a daily show, um, yeah. and it goes into things a lot more depth. It's really funny. It's great if you like those sort of political satire stuff. It's absolutely superb. So it's well worth watching. It's on Sky Atlantic over here on uh, Monday nights. Um, that sounds like I should actually go and catch that because I, I don't really watch much news and I don't really watch much current affairs kind of stuff. Uh, so if it's done in a satirical way once a week, I might actually give a damn. Yeah. That sounds fun to me. Go and, go and find it. It'll be on, um, it'll be on uh, the Sky Atlantic Sky Catch-Up. Uh, so go and check that because it, it is brilliant. It's really, really good. Um, uh, BBC have announced uh, that they're ending new tricks after its 12th season. Uh, new tricks 12 seasons <laughs> never seen it once <laughs> <laughs> um, it was it was a show about um, oh, or it still is actually a show about uh, uh, sort of retired cops that are brought back into yeah, open cold retired cops I think it had Amanda was it Amanda Redman in it um, yeah and the, the Waterman yeah um, they're no longer in it the entire cast has changed now <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what happens with these long. 12, I mean, twelve seasons. You can imagine. Uh, yeah, I think even the retired cops retire. Yeah, I, th- I think that's probably the case. Uh, but after twelve seasons, they announced yesterday that they're um, they're definitely um, retiring it. So uh, that that will be off air. And at the other end of the scale, ITV, not unsurprisingly, have renewed Broadchurch for a third season. I, I have to say, I haven't seen either of the first two seasons of that. <laughs> Oh, it's supposed to be brilliant, but Broadchurch <laughs> is the thing with David Tennant in it um, that, that that's on ITV and and has been sort of uh, everywhere. And the first season was a huge, huge hit, uh, and they've just finished the second season. So, um, but uh, fa- fans of Broadchurch will be very happy to know that that is that is coming back for another season. But I don't think that's as a particular shock to anybody at all. <laughs> so, okay. Um, <laughs> So yeah, that's the renewals and cancellations. Air date updates. Uh, just a few this week. Um, things that have come through um, that uh, we've got new dates on or vague dates on. Uh, you'll love this one, Adam. It's fantastic. It's just your sort of show. <laughs> it's called the. It's, it's got Liz Hurlian. <laughs> it's called the Royals. Um, it's on E exclamation point because um, that's a sure sign of quality a channel with E exclamation point on it uh, <laughs> um, it is a um, drama in air quotes starring Liz Hurley as the queen in a fictional version of the monarchy I'm so glad they said fictional. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can assure you Liz Hurley and the queen don't look alike uh yeah, and it's it's made by Lionsgate Television for the US market, essentially, but they're airing it on the over here. Um, it, it's it almost looks like a sort of very badly made verse, version of Dynasty um, with the royal family. Uh, 
It, it's it's that's just exactly like, how I envisaged it. <laughs> sort of like the royal family with Liz Hurley in. Yeah, that's Dynasty. Possibly yeah. with the shoulder pads and a slightly better voice. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it looks uh, it, it looks like it's going to be horrendous car crash TV, um, but um, that might make it quite entertaining as well. So it could be one worth just looking at just to see how bad it actually is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's that. That's on the 25th of March at 9 p.m. That's that's starting. Um, the next one, there's uh, a show called Arthur and George um, starting. Uh, that's on the 2nd of March at 9 p.m. Stars Martin Clunes as as Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, the author of Sherlock. Uh, and this is a real life story of how he helped clear the name of. Uh, George Day, who was wrongly accused of the Great Whirly Rippings. Um, wow, and you must have a real personal interest <laughs> in this, Dave. Yeah, and I have quite a personal interest in this because that's the village I grew up uh, in. So, so, uh, so, so I, 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 I kind of um, have known about this story since I was like, you know, 10 years old because it was one that we did in uh, school. Um, so, so Martin Clues plays uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, yeah. who um, is a writer of yeah Sherlock, and that he has actually said this is only a one-off at the moment, but he has actually said he'd like to do it again, and they are sort of setting it up with Conan Doyle and his sort of butler as the sort of sidekick, um, and. I'm assuming there is going to be a certain amount of historical accuracy and a certain amount of historical jiggery-pokery going on. Um, but it, it's essentially, I think, ITV trying to get in on the Sherlock bandwagon because you've got, like, um, Sky Living are running ele- um, Elementary with um, Johnny Lee Miller. You've got um, BBC, obviously, running the incredibly successful Sherlock show. So, so it, it, I think it's possibly ITV seeing a niche where they can kind of slip in with the author and do that sort of thing. Um, so I don't know. It, it, depending how well this goes, it might... Um, end up being sort of things that they bring back every so often, you know, as, as like little short mini-series. Um, yeah, let's hope it's more than um, jumping on the bandwagon of Sherlock and hope it's going to be something that's uh, well-filmed, well-organised and uh, a little bit more realistic. I think that'd be great. I, I, spe- I suspect it will. It's something that ITV... The, these sorts of things tend to be things that ITV do quite well. Um, yeah, and Martin Clunes does uh, a good yeah, job. Yeah, and Martin Clunes is, is a good actor. I, I think it... it um, I, it's definitely going to be one I'm watching. So I think so. Uh, I think it's it's like three episodes, something like that. A uh, lot of people on the site were asking about um, Castle, so I, I did a bit of um, begging at um, UK TV to to see whether I could get a better date for it coming back to Alibi. Um, usually, it's back in in March. Also, they've actually bumped it for. Um, unknown reasons at the moment. Even the PR lady had no idea why. Uh, but at the moment, it's looking to be late May, early June for Castle Season 7. Um, I'm as kind of bugged about that as you probably are if you're a fan, because uh, I love that show as well. And of course, it's Nathan Fillion, who is in Flyer Fly. Who doesn't like Nathan Fillion? <laughs> that man hair is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, no, he does have very good hair. That is very true. Um, the uh, next one coming back, uh, Silicon Valley Season 2 is on Sky Atlantic. 
Uh, that's coming back in April. We don't have an exact date for it yet. Um, I don't know whether you saw season one of that ad. Um, no, I haven't seen that, sorry. Well, I've actually got the DVDs of the first season, so next time we see each other, I'll lend them to you. Um, it's Good. brilliantly funny, um, hilarious about... Um, uh, a guy basically uh, with a, a startup uh, in Silicon Valley and him sort of getting it going. Um, but it's this kind of really off the wall comedy season, a series, but it's just hilarious. Um, so, yeah, well looking forward to that coming back. A um, lot of people again on the site asking about Chicago Fire and Chicago PD. Um, it's looking like Sky Living have moved Chicago Fire to the summer. Possibly because Chicago PD, which runs on 5 USA, doesn't usually run until uh, July-ish anyway. So it may be that they're thinking, well, it will bump it and run, and, and they maybe get to run around about the same time as each other. Um, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But it certainly doesn't appear to be coming back anytime soon. It's certainly not coming back before April, as far as I can tell. So um, that puts it into June, July uh, so you might actually end up with Fire and PD running very close to each other. And uh, the last one, I don't think we mentioned this last week, but the uh, the last one is Vampire Diaries finally has a return date for the second half of the sixth season. Uh, it's the 4th of March at 9pm on ITV2. Um, lots of people have been waiting for that to come back because uh, it's been off since um, December. So... Uh, yeah, well looking forward to that coming back and the originals I think is back this week which brings us on to the next week on TV oh, cool. so shows to watch out for next week on TV we've got uh, the originals which is back for the second half of season 2 that's back on sci-fi on the 24th of February so uh, ooh, tonight actually uh, <laughs> at 10pm Vampires. We've had green lights and vampires and more vampires. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's on at 10pm uh, tonight. So apologies if you are getting this late, which uh, you probably will be. So um, that will be, I'm sure, repeated this week as well. So, But it, it has started back up again. So new show starting uh, again tonight, but it will be on catch-up. Uh, this is on Sky One. It's called Critical. It's a medical drama. Um, and you might go, oh, it's medical drama. It's uh, nine o'clock tonight on Sky One. But um, the reason I highlighted it is because it's by Jeb Mercurio, who was the writer behind the first season of Strike Back. Um, he wrote Bodies with Max Beasley for BBC Two, I think it was. Uh, and he also wrote Line of Duty. So the type of shows that he's got behind him says to me it could be a show worth watching. Um, the big, and the big question I'm asking is, what's going to be different about Critical to other medical dramas? Yeah, well, that that's the thing. I, it, it is very difficult to differentiate some of these things sometimes. Um, uh, next show that we've got coming back this week is The Blacklist, which uh, starts with the second half of the second season, uh, Sky Living, 27th of February at 9pm. Is that one you've been watching? Uh, no, I have not watched any of these. I'm looking at this list going, oh my God, I've not, I need more time in my life to spend it on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. Um, it's uh, Blacklist, again, um, fantastic show, uh, well, worth, um, well worth going to watch. 
House of Cards returns with season three on Netflix on the 27th. 27th is quite a good day, actually. Uh, yeah, so Blacklist on the 27th at nine o'clock. House of Cards season three on Netflix on the 27th. Um, and then uh, brand new series, The uh, 12 Monkeys, which starts on Sci-Fi UK. That's on the 27th at nine o'clock as well. Um, so you're right. That's something I'm definitely going to have to record and watch that then. Yeah, that's um, uh, been getting reasonable reviews from bits and pieces I've been seeing. Um, so yeah, definitely worth going to be worth a look. Uh, obviously, based off the Terry Gilliam movie, uh, I, I they're strutting it out obviously over its TV series. So I'm sure they're monkeying around with exactly what kind of goes on, but it's going to be a time travel dystopian sort of drama thing. So uh, definitely worth a watch. Twenty uh, seventh February at nine pm on uh, Sci Fi. That one. Uh, one final one that we've got: um, Quiz Nights on Sky One. Uh, it's twenty seventh um, at ten pm. If you uh, can't be bothered to get off the couch and go to the pub, um, it's it's basically a pub quiz from home, uh, and you can join in. And they film it's sort of a mixture of a pub quiz and Google and Google Box or Google Box, whatever the Channel Four thing is. One of the main reasons for mentioning it is because the Queen's Arms in Birmingham, which is our local, uh, <laughs> is uh, is on it this week. So uh, yeah, that was the, one of the reasons I bring it up. But it's supposed to be quite good fun. So. Uh, lighter entertainment for you rather than uh, drama if uh, that's your sort of thing uh, and so let me get this right this is life usually mimics art but now art is now mimicking life yes <laughs> <laughs> and that's it for the uh, TV for next week so that's the end of the podcast I think we've covered pretty much everything um, all there really is left to say say thank you for Adam for stepping in for this week oh, my, my, my pleasure it's been entertaining <laughs> for me definitely for Good. you probably a nightmare <laughs> <laughs> no no you could have been much worse uh, <laughs> I, I could. <laughs> Thankfully, I'm medicated. <laughs> Good. All else there is to say is if you uh, want to find more information about uh, air dates or any of that sort of stuff, you can visit the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week. It's uh, Andrew's there constantly updating things, so uh, you can always find the latest stuff. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the podcast, you can email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk or leave a message on the post on the website, um, or you can find us on Twitter at Geektown or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Geektown. That's your lot for this week. Um, hopefully, um, Chris will be back with us next week. Um, if not, you'll be stuck with Adam again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, have a great week and uh, we'll uh, talk to you soon. Cheers. Bye, everybody. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.